This is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Chris provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Okay, welcome back to Road to Retirement. My name is Chris Anselmo with Brookside Tax and Financial Group and my co-host, Tony Shore. How's it going, Tony? Oh, it's going great, Chris. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, I've had a, a crazy busy week. It, you know, it just, it never stops. And I thought it would slow down with the summer uh, getting here, but uh, but no, I've been really busy with the family and home projects, and then work has just been actually gearing up. How about you? Have you been keeping busy? We, we've been busy. Even it's after tax season now. It's really our time where we do a lot of the planning for clients financially and, and also uh, legally for um, stuff like probate avoidance and the nursing home planning. You know, nursing homes are in our area running $10,000 a month, and yeah, we'll do another show with Matt on that, but uh, it's just... It, it just gets my gourd that the government doesn't help out, even though you've paid into the system for 60 years. But that's a whole nother, that's, that's a whole nother. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You and I could, I could go on about yeah. uh, my thoughts on that. I have yeah. uh, two of my family members work in the assisted living uh, field and the medical oh, health care wow. field. And there it's just frustrating. Right. So today. The good, bad, and ugly of probate. A lot of people don't understand oh. what probate is. You know, it's a mystery to most people. What is it? Do we want to be in it? Do we want to be out of it? Is it good? What's the good parts? What's the bad parts? So we'll try and go through that today. So, so yeah, okay, probate. I don't know a lot about it. I just know it's what happens when somebody dies uh, and their will goes to probate. That's And that's, the ex, and that's like court. And sometimes that costs money because of attorneys, lawyers, things like that. So tell me, and I know this is something that your office handles. You you do estate planning there. So I wrote a book on it. uh, And you you wrote the book. You wrote the book on it. The book, a book. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I, I've heard other people say it's the book on, but that's good. You wrote a book on it. So I'm glad you're here because right. you can answer a lot of questions I have. First, let's start off with the word probate. What in the world does that mean? Okay, so I have a saying that probate is a lawsuit against yourself with your own money to protect your creditors. And there are people like, what? Read that again. Hear that again. It's a, it's a lawsuit against yourself with your own money to protect your creditors because in essence, before the assets can transfer to your family, creditors got to get paid first if they make a timely claim. So, so the whole idea of probate—that's well, <laughs> already a, a negative, <laughs> right? So, the whole idea of probate is there's an Tony, you pass. There's an asset in the decedent's name. Let's say you had a bank account at Bank of America, and nobody else's name was on it. His spouse's name wasn't on it. Nobody else's name is on it but his. So the whole concept of probate is, well, we got to get it out of his name and get it to where it's supposed to go. 
So it's it, whoever the family members or whoever's supposed to get it, that, that's the whole process of getting it. So the typical example is someone has, let's say, um, um, the scene has, let's say it's Bill and Mary. So Bill dies, Mary has the will, and she has the death certificate, and she walks into the local bank, uh, let's say Bank of America, and she says, hey, uh, here's to- uh, here's Bill's $50,000 account at your bank. M- my name's not on it, but look, I- I'm the executor, and I'm supposed to be the, you know, I get everything if Bill dies, and he gets everything if I die, vice versa. Give me the money. And the bank says, slow down there. And you're like, what do you mean? Here's the will and here's the death certificate, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, the bank's not going to take the risk that that's his last will. Like that, uh, will, was, that okay. will was made out three years ago. He may have had another will that didn't leave it to Mary, right? So, so the bank says, look, you go down to the probate court, get appointed as executor. Well, it says right here, I'm executor. Nobody, let me say this clearly. Nobody is the executor until the judge says you're the executor. Right? So they, they go down, they, they, they look, it's called filing the will. They file the will, the death certificate, make, make an application to probate the will. And then uh, the judge will give you what's called letters of authority. I call it your permission slip. So they, she gets the letters of authority with a little judge's seal on it. Then she could go back to the bank and the bank says, okay. Judge says you're the right person. So, okay, now we can deal with you, right? But that, like, doesn't happen overnight, right? There's there's a lot of stuff that goes involved. We got to present the will. We got to get it, names and addresses of all the heirs. And, you know, it's a, it's a procedure. So, not that it's bad. So, the good part about probate is there are procedures in place so that if you follow them, thing, things are going to work out, right? So, and the procedures are there so that, you know, what if he does have another will that's only a year old, right? So, so those things, they, you know, the, the banks are going to take the chance that they're going to give the, the money to the wrong person. So they're going to make sure that somebody with a little seal of approval from the probate court is uh, they're dealing with. So, so there's going to be procedures. So there's procedures for people who have wills and there's procedures for people who don't have wills. There's, you know, there's some estimate that 70% of people don't even have a will. So in all states, there's at least, I know in Ohio, we have a a statute, it's called dissent and distribution. So when someone dies and doesn't have a will, we have a, a, basically a a laundry list of who gets what, right? So if you're married, you know, it goes to spouse. If you're not married, it goes, you know, up to parents. If your parents aren't alive, then it goes to brothers and sisters. They're alive, aunts and uncles and cousins. I mean, so it's this big family tree that Really, you don't really want to have to go through if um, you don't have to. So most people who who do wills just say, "Like we're going to avoid that system, but we're still going to be in the probate court." But everything goes to the wife, and then to the two kids. So, so there there are some procedures for them to follow so that everybody gets notices. You can't uh, you know, hoodwink one of your um, brothers or sisters and or whoever one of the beneficiaries in the will because <laughs> you know. The, the probate court is going to require, like, you have to give notices to everybody. Sure. They're, they're sure. entitled to notices. So, so, so the good part there, there is a procedure to follow. So, and, and there's accountability at the end of the day, the probate judge is going to make sure that the executor does what the will says, give it to whoever's supposed to get it to. And, and, um, so that, that's the good part. The other good part is, um, when you're dealing with real estate. So here in Ohio, we, 
believe it or not, we still have dower rights. You know, that archaic what thing. What is that? So that's an archaic thing that, you know, you couldn't basically... It was really designed to protect women way back when. So when that, oh, know, the men, dowry. It has to do yeah, with the dowry. So, right. So when men ruled the world, right? We don't rule it anymore, <laughs> that's for sure. But anyhow, <laughs> it was it was to protect <laughs> the women so that if, um, let's say I, had, I have a house or a piece of property in my name, I can't sell it without my wife signing off, even if her name's not on it. So that's, there's, at least in Ohio, we still have that procedure. So... But that could get really ugly if, let's say, take my dad's family. They had seven brothers and sisters, right? Eight of them all together, right? So let's say my grandmother left the house to the eight of them. Okay. Right? So if if she had some type of deed that put all eight names of them on there, not only do eight people have to agree on what to sell it for, but eight spouses potentially have to agree. Yeah. Right? So look, good luck with that. Yeah, by the way, you can't, you can't get eight people to pick a restaurant, right? So no, nope. yeah. So, so when there's real estate involved, often unless you know, we you can avoid probate on, on real estate here. We have this transfer and death um, affidavit here. So if I want to leave it to well, my, that's good. my two kids, yeah, it's good if there's maybe one or two kids. But if you leave it to four or five kids, then those four or five kids have to agree on a price. Those four or five spouses have to agree. So sometimes probate in that instance is even is better because then the executor makes a decision like we're selling it for $150,000 then we'll split the proceeds four ways, right? So there's no, you don't have to get approval from everybody and everybody has to sign off because it does get hairy um, because sometimes what happens is, you know, they're not just everyone's our age. You know, they yeah. die, they're brothers and sisters in their 80s and 90s and they all they get a piece of it, and some of them are alive, and some of them aren't alive, and and some's in a nursing home. I mean, it you know it could get really hairy. Like who's who has to sign off? You know, we want to sell the house, and we need six signatures, and 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 Uncle Bill died, so um, or Uncle Bill. What happens sometimes is Uncle Bill died after the decedent. So when the decedent died, Uncle Bill was alive. So he's entitled to a part of it, but now he died. So who's going to sign off for Uncle Bill? So it gets pretty hairy that way. So, but the good part of the the pro there is procedures and and you follow them and you get it done and everything will be good and um, good and handy. But um, the bad parts are look, it's time consuming because we have yeah we have the creditor issue. So here, at least in Ohio, creditors have six months from the date of death to file a claim in the probate court. So let's say, Tony, uh, Bill dies, he has credit card debt, he owes a hospital, he owes, um, you know, he has various debts out there. So the, the creditors come in and say, look, you know, Bill owed the MasterCard, he owed the funeral home, he owed the hospital, he owed hospice, he owed his car payments. He, so these creditors come in and make a claim because we have to, if they timely make a claim, we have to deal with them and get them paid off before we can give it to the heirs. Cause you know, that's rightful, right? Bill had these creditors out there. Why should they get stiffed and the, the heirs get the money when, you know, Bill owed them money. So, so there's that. So that's going to take, it's going to take at least six months because the issue there it and it, they don't get any extra time. It's six months to the day. So if they come in and we've had this, they come in six months in one day, they're out. 
the statute doesn't say you may pay them. It says you cannot pay a creditor because if I pay ah, the if I, okay. if I if if I pay the creditor who came in in month seven, then basically I took that money away from one of the beneficiaries, right? Because it said they cannot pay them. So they have sure. a deadline, so they they don't get paid after six months. But so the probate is going to take at least six months because the issue there is if we go ahead and close the probate early. Let's say you're the executor for Uncle Bill, and then the creditor comes in and it's month five and you close the probate. Well, Tony, you you as the executor are going to end up paying that personally, paying that creditor. You're oh, like, what? Yeah, yeah, no. Whoa. Well, right. So, <laughs> so absolutely, we're, we're not going to close the estate for at least six months, right? Because we want to make sure that creditor period goes goes what used to be nine months, but now it's six months. So, so you got at least uh, you know six months of, of time of attorneys working at it. And, um, it's costly like here in all in Cuyahoga County, our County and some counties are different. It's just the fee schedule. It's based on the value of the assets. So like in the first hundred thousand dollars, the attorney gets $4,500 and the executor could get $4,500. So that's nine grand. I actually, I think they get 4,000. So it's almost, it's over eight thousand dollars in the first hundred thousand. The next, I think, three hundred thousand is at three and a half percent. So it could get pretty expensive, pretty pretty fast. Um, and it's also people realize it's on the gross value. So let's say Tony, you have a five hundred thousand dollar house in there, but you owe four hundred thousand. The attorney and executor get paid on the five hundred, not the net. Right? They don't get paid on the uh, hundred. So, sure. So. Um, so it gets time consuming and expensive pretty sure. quick. Hey, I've um, got a question for you. And, yeah. and you kind of were answering that uh, uh, throughout the show, but I want a clarification. So let's say somebody, and I've always wondered this, let's say, um, uh, and this isn't, well, fortunately, this isn't my personal situation, but I, I, I have known this to happen. I was wondering how it worked. Let's say somebody's parents had a lot of debt, but not, assets or even after okay. the sale of a house or didn't own land mm-hmm. and they had loans that they hadn't paid back or credit card okay. debt right. and they That's pass good. away. Do their children, are their children responsible for that debt? No. Oh, okay. But here's the issue. The issue is say you have more creditors than assets. Right. Right. So you have, you have a hundred thousand dollars worth of assets going through probate because not everything, yep. again, not everything's in their life might not go through probate because anything sure. that has somebody's right. joint name on it. Yep. So if you and I own a property together, I die, you, you get it. Or if um, you have a beneficiary listed on it, everything, remember we, we started out probates only dealing with assets that are stuck in a decedent's name that mm-hmm. don't have a beneficiary on or don't have anybody ask anybody's name on it. Right. So if you, if you do have more creditors than debt, uh, than assets, who do you think it's paid first? The creditors. Which one? So there's the hospital, there's the funeral home, there's the credit card companies. There's I have the, no idea. The attorneys. Ah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right? Why do we get yeah. paid first? Because we wrote the rules. Yeah, you, right? you <laughs> get paid first. Yeah. Right. So, so the cost of administration, the court and attorneys are going to get paid first, right? Because like, they're not going to go through all this procedure and not get paid and give it all to the creditors, right? So, right. So there's a there's a there's a pecking order 
at least in our statue of who gets paid first, you know, they, they favor like the funeral home, the last hospital, things like that, and up to a certain amount of money and then other creditors get paid. And then if there's enough left, then the funeral could get the rest of the money. So there's a pecking order there if, if there's more, um, debts than assets. So, so if, oftentimes if there's more debts than assets, we don't even probate the damn well, right? You have $50,000 of, of assets and you got $70,000 worth of creditors. Let the creditors probate it, right? Because the creditor can open the estate if they want to, if they're trying to get paid. So if you don't sure. ever, or the other thing is, you know, the, the creditor period is six months from the date of death, not from the date of filing the will. So mm -hmm. if you die in June, well, maybe we don't open, I mean, you die in January, maybe we don't open the probate case till July or August. So, so if there's, if there's say, let's say there's uh, $50,000 in assets, but $200,000 in debt there, that leaves $150,000 of debt. Even after all the assets have been depleted, right. who's on the hook for that 150,000 to the, 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 yeah. no, the, the creditors are out. So if the, if you really wanted to be more secure, then you get security for it. Like the mortgage, like a, a lender, a, a mortgage holder uh -huh. has a, has a lien on the house. So that's, he's got security for his, his debt, ah, but sure. any, un, any unsecured creditor, generally credit cards, things like that, they're out. And that's why, look, that's why credit card interest rates are 20, 25% because they lose a lot of these, right? Yeah, that's so, true. So, um, that's how they, they make it, make it up. So the bad part is it's time consuming. It's going to be costly. Like anytime attorneys are involved, it's going to be costly. It's open to the public. So if uh, Uncle Bill dies, um, you could, Tony, you could go down there and look at the probate file and find out who all the assets he has, who his creditors are, who his beneficiaries are. So, um, you know, you don't want all that out there. And it, it, you're like, it's a lawsuit. It's a, it, it again, it's a lawsuit against yourself with your own money. So <laughs> if you want, if you want to sue wow. yourself, this is what we do. Okay. Yeah. Now the ugly part. We haven't wait. There's the we got to the ugly part. This, oh, so we had, the, no. we had the good. So the no. good part was there are procedures. There are there is accountability. Um, real estate issues sometimes work better in probate. So sometimes I will let the house just go in the probate because we have six kids and I don't want. And you know, we talked about that. The bad is it's look. It's time consuming. It's costly. It's public. Right. The ugly. Yeah. What's the ugly? More creditors than debtors. More creditors than assets. Yeah. Right. Heirs fighting. My oh, yeah. dad said I was getting the gold watch. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, we had a $7 million estate being tied up because somebody, well, lack of a better word, Photoshop, but it was a real painting of grandma and it was deteriorating. And so somebody had it touched up. That doesn't look like grandma anymore. I'm not signing anything until we get that fixed. What? <laughs> so, I mean, stupid things like that where people are fighting over assets in the estate. Usually, you know, oh, there's a third brother. What? So we did a, <laughs> we did a case a while ago, worked on this. Uh, uh, did the estate plan for the uh, um, family for probably 20 years? They changed their will here and there and here and there. Nowhere in all that time did they tell me there was a third brother. 
So they both die. Um, brother A and brother B are arguing over some, some of the assets that they thought, you know, they took during the lifetime and really I should get part of that, but dad gave it to you while you were alive. And so back and forth, back and forth. Then, uh, so we referred, we actually referred the case out to someone who does litigation and he goes, Hey, did you know there was a Joey? I'm like, who's Joey? That's their third brother. Oh, like what? And he goes, yeah, well, they, they said he was the black sheep of the family. We, they don't really talk to him. They don't count him. Like this isn't Beverly Hillbillies. You have siblings and you have children. We need to know all your children. Because if you don't want to leave Joe anything, then in the will, we're, we'll exclude him, right? And we don't do the old thing where you leave him a dollar because you leave him a dollar. I got to go find Joey and give him a dollar or I can't close the, the estate, right? So we just, but you want to exclude him? Well, let's exclude him. That's, that's perfectly fine. Um, you know, we just say, look, he's not going to be a beneficiary of the estate. So be it, right? So, um, so creditors fighting, creditors bringing hearings. Like I told you, the one, the, the guy, literally the creditor came in a day late and uh, it had to go down to a hearing over the whole thing. And, you know, and then there's, there, there was issues about, uh, you know, they were a bank and there was a credit card involved. So they were taking money out of the bank account and this and that. And they said, well, they never knew he died. And I'm like, well, you must have knew he died because you took money out of his account when he to pay the credit card. And they said, Oh, you know, so there was, you know, the whole timeline thing was in question, but at the end of the day, look, it was six months and a judge agreed, but that was a day in a day in court to settle. Wow. Right. So, yeah. And I had, and and that's I had money. Dri- yeah. And I had to drive three counties over to the, to the courthouse. And the funny part is I get to the courthouse and there's a, there's a parking spot and a parking meter in front of the courthouse. And the time limit was tw- 20 minutes. Ha. <laughs> So I go to the judge. I said, you know, your parking meters are only 20 minutes. He goes, oh, yeah, don't worry about them. We don't really take it anybody. Even if we get a ticket, it's only five bucks. I'm like, who goes to court for 20 minutes? But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, anyway. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So the fighting. The other the other one is uh, what's called ancillary probate. Ancillary probate is uh, I have a house in Florida. I don't, but I live here in Ohio, and I also have a, a you know a winter home in Florida. Well, the the judge in Ohio doesn't have jurisdiction over the property in Florida. So I have to open up another probate in Florida to get rid of that house. Right. So there's, and we have clients like they have something in Arizona, maybe have something, uh, you know, a hunting cabin in Minnesota, you know, this, uh, you know, they have three or four properties. And if we don't, if we use the will and go and go through probate, we have probates in several States. So the big misnomer is if you have a will, you avoid probate. Let me say this again. All wills go through probate. So if you have to administer the will, like we started out in the beginning, you can't just walk into the bank. You have to go through probate. So if you don't have a will or you have a will, you're going to end up in the probate court. The only way to avoid it is through beneficiary designations on everything or better thing is to use a trust. So, but that's kind of the bad, you know, the real, the real ugly is when there's fighting or, there is a family business, right? Who's getting the business? Who's taking over the business? Yeah. Who's who's going to run? Who's running the business while we go through the probate procedure? So, mm. so it's uh, but again, it's not all bad because the again, the good part is like follow the procedures. They're there for a reason. They're there to make make sure that the executor is accountable to all the creditors and the beneficiaries. Because at the end of the day, 
the judge isn't going to let the executor distribute money to people who aren't entitled to it. So Sure. But there are ways to avoid probate, and not completely, but there are things you can do to make it a lot easier if you plan ahead, right? Yeah, like correct. like have a trust. Yeah, uh, you, can com- you could completely avoid probate if you want to. So you can yeah. either use a trust yeah. or you can have beneficiary designation. So like uh, yeah. my bank account, if I had this one bank account in my name alone, I could say, look, payable on death to my wife. Right. So that avoids probate. Transfer on death. But then she needs to do something too, because when she passes away, if she doesn't have a payable on death or transfer on death, that, that's going to end up in probate. So again, probate sure. is o- only deals with assets in a decedent's name that nobody else's name's on. So anytime you have the, a beneficiary ca- beneficiary designation like life insurance, IRAs, annuities, things like that, that's all going to avoid probate. But if you don't, if you don't have a trust, if you have a will uh, about things that aren't don't have beneficiary designignations, right? Then you so, have to then you have to go to probate court because that, you can't the will you, to has activate, to go yeah, through so probate. Yeah, so basically to activate the will, you have to you have to submit it and somebody has sure. to be appointed executor. And that, and that could be an issue too because let's say Mary Bill's husband's going to be exec is named the first executor and then the judge interviews her and says well, Geez, Mary, you, you've never written out a check in your life. You know nothing about your finances because Bill handled it all. You know, a generation ago that was common. Yep. Uh, I don't think we're going to make you the executor because I, you know, I as the judge, like the judge's job is basically to administer that estate and make sure the assets get to where they got to get go to. Yeah. So, Mary, you might not be the right person. And Billy, your son, he's a drug addict. We're not appointing Billy. So maybe it's his attorney buddy. Uh, that gets appointed executor, and, and why? Well, he he helped him get elected. You know, he contributed his campaign, but but he's given him up, you know fifty of these cases before, and they all been down. You know, all the eyes are dotted, all T's are crossed. So, so it's a possibility that who you name in your um, in your will doesn't become the executor because right. the judge might feel that that person's not capable of handling those. You know, and sometimes it's just you know. Uh, they're both really old, you know, they're both 90 years old and, and mom's 90 years old and she's not going to be able to handle the executorship. So, so again, there's, there's good parts, there's bad parts and there's ugly parts like anything else. But, um, you know, sometimes we use it. Sometimes we want stuff to go through probate because we want that creditor issue done, right? We want those creditors to go away in six months or sometimes we don't even open the estate for six months. That's, that's a technique too. So mom, again, dad dies in January has a has a, a load of creditors we don't open the estate to Jan, uh, to July and the, it's beyond the six months so you know there's there's stuff out there to do so avoid it if you can if you can't um, you know you really need to hire someone who knows what they're doing because this is not you know you can't do it half ass because the judge is not gonna or and or the magistrate's not going to put up with that so sure yeah. Makes so, sense. Well, so if you want our book, Rounding Third, uh, this is it's all about uh, you know estate planning and all that. Call our office two one six four eight five ten forty is the law firm office, or you can look online at uh, our law firm is Anselmo A N S E L M O Law dot com. So, or you call Brookside, our regular office. We'll get you the book either way. So, all right, great show today, Chris. Yeah. I think, yeah, we're out of time already. Yeah, so. we are. We are. And so, listeners, that does it for today's episode of The Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo. 
Thank you for listening to Road to Retirement. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Call 440-886-3550 or visit them online at brooksidetax.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services are offered by Brookside Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio. Insurance products and services are offered through Brookside Tax and Financial Group, LLC, an affiliated company. Chris Anselmo and Brookside Tax Financial Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.